Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Okay, this week I have a conversation with Ben and Webby about how the market's going to trade. And we tried to create a situation where sometimes we discuss the market and it goes off course and we change the subject and it's a bit irreverent here and there. But largely, when you try and make a decision about what you're going to do with your farmers and what the right decision to make is, there are critical moments when you have to change direction. And this morning, we had a traders meeting largely on the mic I mean just trying to discuss some of the issues that are affecting so lots of the stuff about the market will be in that aspect of what we're hearing this morning so I'm going to just give you some prices okay so feed wheat if you look at bearing in mind the market has dropped nine pounds a ton in two days having gone up 45 in about three weeks so these are the prices at this moment in time if you're selling January wheat we would pay you 222 and again this is subject to where the futures are when you actually phone us up the 222x farm, and if you were selling it for May, we'd probably pay something like 230. There is a carry in the market. As far as we're concerned, we will almost certainly be stuffing loads more stuff into future store and tendering it because we are struggling with haulage to consumer. And my intake points can take five or six loads in a day from a lorry, which is a massive advantage when trying to book haulage. So I hope you uh, futures owners are prepared to be queuing up in the summer for our wheat. Feed barley would be worth about 205x farm for Jan, which is outrageously brilliant. I don't see barley suffering. It's already cheap against wheat. I don't see it going down that much. Anything over 200 is like just amazing. Let's face it. The guys who were rejected at harvest on the malting barley contracts, which were sort of in the 170s for the winter barley, who were rejected and put in the feed barley bin, and are now really grateful that that happened because we didn't actually fix the price for it. So you might as well use your storage. So, yep bit of a bonus being a store member there and getting rejected from malting. Milling wheat, as I've said, the premium, I was chastised by one of my old muckers in the milling industry, who I'll reserve his name, he will remain nameless, he's just younger than me, been around a long time, certainly knows how to make a good profit in this industry, but he told me that my £30 premium for milling wheat was a little bit light, and coming from him, it's like, wow, I must be £20 wrong. So £40 premium for milling wheat is much more likely, I am told. And so with that rape... 560-odd, as you'll hear in a minute or two, we've had the conversation. Ian is going to discuss. He believes the market's going up for old crop. New crop, he's bullish, but then Ian's always bullish. You know, I would say current harvest price for rape, about 460. If you look at malting barleys, winter malting barley, harvest movement, for the right spec craft that we've got contracts on, £200 a tonne. Delivered. Delivered is the big thing. We need to have the haulage covered by other people. So our stores are available, tractors and trailers, but, you know, it's the difference between delivered and X is going to be a greater amount. And as far as springs are concerned, probably something in the region of 220. You know, whatever you've got, if you're going to be looking at your spring barley seed, phone us up. We've got Laureate or Diablo that we're trading. Please come to us for our opinion and what we will be taking in. Because, as usual, our harvest intake will mean the day you cut it as opposed to three and a half weeks later. So with that, enjoy the conversation about the market. Have a great week. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Are you an experienced bookkeeper looking for a new opportunity? Dew and Grain have a full-time position available at their head office in Aylsham, Norfolk. If you would like to be considered, send your CV to tessa at dewinggrain.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. If you're searching for Christmas gift ideas, then look no further. We're Crush, artisanal makers of yummy stuff in the heart of the Norfolk countryside. From oils to sauces, cereals to teas and chutneys to honeys, we have something for everyone. Our bespoke hampers make a great gift and are perfect for festive feasting or your hard-to-buy Aunt Jackie. To shop online, visit us at www.crush-foods.com or find our products in all good independent retailers. Shop local and save food miles with Crush Food. Good morning, everybody. I've got Ben and Ian with me for an internal discussion about the crazy market. I'm going to start with the question, has the worm turned? Owen, good morning. Morning, hello. Morning. Yes and no. We love that phrase, has oh, the worm turned. Hang on, give the mic. No, it has, it has, it has. No, you're a politician. If you come up with a politician Right, answer. yeah, we're not having that. We're no, not having has the that. worm turned? Yes. And was that the absolute top? No. Okay, thank you. Back to Ian. It's a very little worm turning. <laughs> give you the benefit of the doubt, say that's probably the same answer, isn't it? So this Wednesday, the futures on May are traded at £244.95p which to the young aggressive rep who needs tonnage working for some foreign national who doesn't pay tax in the UK enough, they would have paid 240x farm possibly in their crazy moment. I'm aware of a farmer receiving for class one milling wheat in a county nearer to a mill than we are, 280, one of my colleagues in the trade admitted to paying £280 a tonne for class one milling wheat for May. How about that? That's a lot. We're talking about the delivered's getting close to the 300s, it must be. Well, I think they're obviously nearer to the mill. It's not going to be quite so epic, but uh, yeah. You've had a few years in the trade now, but have you seen a year (laughs) like this? I've been diplomatic there. Have I ever seen a year like this? Yeah, I've seen all sorts of crazy years where the price seems too high, but it has never been as high as this. So no, I've never seen it as high in terms of price. Going back to Ian's little worm turning... Which is a frightful thought. We actually haven't discussed the reason why the little worm might have turned, which is this bizarre new COVID variant that they found in Africa. Is that it? Well, it seems to be this morning, doesn't it? We've come in and oil is 6% down. That's a hell of a hit. Yeah, uh, certainly the prospects of another lockdown and actually a variant that evades all current immunisations. I know, depression. but we can't get bogged down and worry about that. But as we know, with markets... People get spooked and players in markets have panicked and they've sold oil because they've gone, hang on a minute, possibly another lockdown coming, you know, flights stop. Anyway, at the minute, that seems to be the reason, which is very short termist, isn't it? The first question is, you know, the market had got up to 245 in round figures on May. That's feed we extra store at 245 pounds. What exactly drove it to that point? We all know the stories, aren't we? We're kind of repeating old ground, but every continent's had problems. There's Russia, which we know about. Let's talk about Russia. Yeah, the Russian's two stories, isn't it? Well, it's an old, which has been in the market, but the new is developing as well now with soil moisture. So let's spell it out to the people who perhaps don't know what we're running on about. The old is the export tax. Yeah, and and a smaller crop. It wasn't a a massive crop and an export tax. And And the troop build-up on the Ukrainian border. I thought you were going to talk about the dry weather on new crop. And you've got that. So it's three things. Yeah. But the troop build-up on the Ukrainian border isn't necessarily bullish. 
it says, okay, we're not going to export any more wheat out of that area because no one's going to take it or everyone's fallen out with each other. But does that not mean bearish? I read it as could be bullish because if Putin decides to sail his Black Sea fleet from Crimea and start reducing exports from the Ukraine, let's be honest, the Ukraine has exported serious amounts of wheat this year already, then is that another embargo? I mean, I know we're a long way off that, but that's what it could signal. Okay, so that in the background, along with the fact they've got an export tax. What else was driving old crops specifically up? Obviously, the issues in Canada have carried on. With all the ginormous amounts of rain that have fallen, they can't get wheat to the ports now on some of the train lines. Mm -hmm. So that's going to reduce your milling wheat getting out. And And a much smaller crop anyway. And a smaller crop anyway, yeah. As Ian said, we've got the Australian issue. Rains keep falling. Yes, the rains keep falling, and they're talking about quality issues. But the bit that's slightly confusing me, and you might be able to answer this, they're talking about poorer proteins as a result of the rains. Protein for me is made earlier than that. It's not at the point of harvest. Do you know what? I agree with you. I don't think it makes that much catastrophic difference yeah. at that point. I mean, there is a process. It'll germinate, won't it? And lose its mm. hagberg, lose its quality, lose its kilo weight. I'm not aware that the I would have thought it would have been no, earlier I'm, in the season, sort of for the I last hope someone six, eight weeks. Yeah. Emails in or texts or whatever and says, look, you bunch of idiots, you should know this. Yeah. Now, I'm not aware that the protein is eroded when it gets to point of half. But the fact is there's been some pretty epic rainfall across Australia at the critically wrong moment. Harvest has started and it's going to stop them harvesting. Well, I think it's, as someone puts me, he's got a friend or colleague in Oz and the Aussies don't know how to harvest a flat crop because they just don't have to do it. They don't have any of the capacities or the kit to dry a crop either. So they're stuck there sort of waiting for it, really. Waiting for what? How to cut it. In which case then, you know, the Aussie crop is shrinking. That was definitely a bullish piece of news. We say shrinking, but I did see a report from a broker this morning, a future broker, pushing the crop up to 31.8 in Oz. Okay. Do you hear conflicting stuff? Well, there's going to be a surplus of Australian wheat on the world market, which is going to be floating around. Is it enough... You know, is the price of it enough to drop everybody's markets? Possibly at some point if they have an abundance of feed wheat, I guess. I think the freight market is cooling a bit, which will help with the general logistics around the world, shifting grain to the right place. It certainly feels like, I mean, in the UK, we have a very tight supply situation. The people who own the wheat are very reluctant to let go of it, aren't they? We're in nosebleed territory. And the market, you know, as I say, 2.45 was on Wednesday. It's now Friday. It is £9 lower is the best bid in two and a bit days mm. trading. So does anyone feel like they've missed out? Probably. But Andrew, it's gone up 45 to 50 quid in four weeks. Yeah, but Five. that mood takes people to a place of, it's just going to go up. I'm not going to sell it. Mm. You boys are trying to talk me into it. Oh, you're conning me. And all that rubbish that's going on at the moment. Why? didn't you cash settle you know i've had a little bit of too much of one or two farmers this week and you're all lovely people but boy oh boy you're myopic when it yeah. comes to the world's against you you know none of us nobody not one single trader predicted this and certainly no farmers expected this so this is just milk and honey land and if it goes to 300 if you sell some at 240 or 230 you know life isn't against you your world isn't ruined no. get a grip for god's sake well the other danger is although you know those same farms are the the ones that if the market dropped 20 quid will say why well, didn't you phone me <laughs> yeah. well we phoned you at 210 and 240 yeah. i mean this is the curse of the grain trader isn't it no one's going to weep for us if you have a blame or a victim mentality which i'm afraid this will upset a few lots of farmers have a victim mentality everyone's against them they're there to be ruined by everybody you're doing me down i know where you made all your money it's out of me and all that 
crap. It gets to a point where have a really good look at how much you paid for fertiliser last year, have a really good look at how much yield you got this year, have a really good look at how much profit you're going to make and shut up. Because it's just not acceptable to spend your time thinking or inferring, even as a joke, brackets, that you've been done over. It's tiring. You know, it's like, maybe I have done, maybe 40 years, 40 odd years, 43 years is too long. Maybe. I'm getting very grumpy with one or two people at the moment. Okay. I've got more. (laughs) Right, let's... (laughs) Should we stop me now? Yeah, Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about the crop we love talking about, oilseed rape. Okay. What should we say about that one, Ian? Well, yo-yoing is probably the best way of putting it. On Friday, it cacked 17 euros. On Monday, it cacked 16. It bounced 17 on the Monday. Then it was down 10. The day after that, up 10. It's cacked again this morning, 15 euros. I mean, I think it's needing a technical kind of correction, but I think it's far from finished. You think it's still going up? Yeah, I do. I think it would be healthy to have a proper setback, another 20 euro odd kind of drop. What would happen then, then? Well, I think people would steam in to buy it. Unless the world completely seizes again against lockdowns and the the biofuel sector absolutely goes to a ball of chalk. But I can't see that happening. I really can't. What is the rate price for old crop rape? We're going to be looking probably in the 560 territory at the moment. So the peak was 600? In the forwards. And it depends how close you are to a mill. It was very difficult to pay it in Norfolk. 590. Top. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are £30 off the top. If the market got back up to 590 again, would you recommend people to sell it or would you say no, keep running it? I just think it's really scarce. I don't think there's a lot of it around. This fallback's not going to encourage people to sell it, I don't think. Maybe the odd kind of week long, but there was significant, significant problems around the world. The Canadian crop, on a tight crop anyway, a Canadian crop that lost 8 million tonnes is enough of a hole that it just can't recover from. <laughs> I don't see any immediate pressures really. Okay. But new crop drilling in Europe, that's been pretty good, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It has been higher, and there are some numbers. I think the AHDB came out with a 10% increase in area. Personally, I'm a bit sceptical of what I see in Norfolk. Well, one, there was a lot of standing crop that was planned rapeseed. It was a late harvest that struggled to be drilled. You say you don't think it went in? You, do you think people mm, dropped their acreage? I don't think people reacted to the price hike has been post-drilling. Old crop was 450-odd quid at harvest. We're now talking up 100 quid. New crop has done the same thing. As far as plantings are concerned, anything that went in early, on time or late? Late wasn't good. Is it not? What's wrong? No, the early went in brilliantly up and away, but the late, if you're drilling in the third to fourth week of August, when it got dry and combine started to roll again, the flea beetle became on steroids. It got very hyper and pinged a lot of crops back at that point. The earlies were great. They really got away with They had a phenomenal start. Okay, so will people be pulling some rape up then? I know of someone who's pulled up 40% of their crop already. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, That was exactly that. I kind of beat him to it. It was that third, fourth week of August drilling. And they're going to put, what, spring barley in instead? It's already, yeah, planned spring barley. He's, yeah. yeah, pulled it up. Which they can sell for 200 and something pounds a tonne if they go for a distilling contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Probably grown-up mm. decision, you're right. In your view, then, the AHTB figures... The original projection is slightly higher. I don't have anywhere near the info they do, but there were enough people that had, again, another miserable harvest. There was lots of sub-three tonne hectare crops, and it's been challenging the last three or four years to actually get a crop. The risk involved with getting it to the point of harvest... I think the crop that's gone in in reasonable conditions looks exceptionally... In fact, it's too far ahead 
we all know yeah, that. It's about fair, to get yeah. some, some weather on it and it'll look a bit more mm. peaky shortly. But yeah, I think it's in a good place. We're looking at a greater potential for rape and other crops going into next year, which is a conversation that we'll come into in a minute. The influence of new crop is going to have a bearing somewhere along the line. You know, mm. at the moment, new crop's being dragged by the sentiment of old crop as ever. We are seeing the new crop stories, though, having an influence on the old lowest soil moisture condition for a while. And also the La Nina. I mean, we were doing a bit about homework on La Nina patterns. Well, this is the other thing. This is now coming in, isn't it? Mm. So we might as well make the step. What is the influences on the market at the moment? We've seen a high. It's dropped nine quid in two days. We're still in very heady territory. So recommendations, in your opinion, old crop rate isn't going to really fail. So you might as well hang around. It's dangerous not having a value to put on it. You know, it gets to 600. My view is that's, that's enormous, yes. As a trader, I take positions. I'll take a risk on a small percentage, but I won't take it on the whole lot. So if you're a guy who's got all their rape crop unsold and it is 560 plus bonuses. But Andrew, I think that's the point. No one's got that. There right, is no so one they've got their last it. 20%. If We're in the game-playing zone, then. I think there's very limited availability of wheat to trade in terms of new oh, crop, yeah. um, in terms of farm commitment. I've got to say, I think wheat's similar. Let's just dwell on rape, rape to bed. What could kill the price of rape? You know, if you're hanging on, I want 700. global lockdowns in the biofuel sector <clears throat> getting panned. Yeah, and it will be, does Biden change the ethanol mandate so less corn goes in? But... You know, Greta will kill him if he does that. Do you know what? We're ruined, aren't we? Let's face it. China, India. No, let's not. We're not going to abolish coal. We're going to aim to use less of it one day. Sorry, Ian. We're just going to drift away from rapeseed here, but it's an oil story. That thing I read about Thailand, where they have said that they will not allow the diesel price to go above 54 pence a litre. Yeah. 54 pence a litre. They're going to keep it on hold for the next six months for their population. I mean... Yeah, let's just keep burning fuel, shall we? Which is fine. You know, I didn't bike to work this morning. It was pissing down with rain, and I just thought, no, I ain't going to get cold and wet. Besides, I spent the night in Munsley. (laughs) You know, the world, we're aware it's a selfish place, and there's a recipe for the generation after mine to be in a muddle. Because according to Ollie on this week, when we were out having a little chat, we looked up in the sky, and there's all these crisscross of planes again. And at any given time, you could see four planes in the sky, which represents about 1,200 people at least up there in the air, of which I would speculate that 98% of them don't need to be on that plane because they don't actually need desperately to be going where they're going. And consequently, we are going to ruin the planet. We can dress up all we like and I'll be a miserable old git, but we're just selfish inherently, me included. I do think society, okay, we're not fully there yet, but... We are going to try and right the wrongs very quickly. How? I don't know how. I know it's easier said than done, but it's in everyone's thought. Whenever you turn on the TV, it is there. I was watching some kiddie program this morning, and it was... What? Was it Peppa Pig? No, I was following this family, but it was talking about they're just teaching kids everything is about recycling. <clears throat> Society is getting geared into that. Every time they turn the news on, it is there. Ian, I really appreciate your optimism. I'm that is wonderful. I agree with you, Ben. I am extremely cynical. If you go to you know someone's bin, stick your head in there, with their Amazon deliveries, which I've got Prime, you know, that, why can't everyone else be that efficient? Because no, uh, but what I'm getting at is we're a lot better than we were ten years ago. The figures say we're a lot worse than we were ten years yeah. ago. The actual consumption of fuels, the consumption of energy, is going up and up and up, exponential rate. We are not 
curbing it. I did have a bit of a moan to my missus the other day. I walked into Waitrose, and I sound like a bit of a knob already, but yeah. walked into Waitrose and uh, got a bit of a shop. It was just feeling peckish on a Sunday afternoon, so I filled my boots, but enough for a bag. And the lady said, oh, do you want a bag? And I thought, yeah, fine. And I'm awful. I go for one of those bags of lies. This time it was a paper one. And he was like, oh, you know, have one of these. They're free. So I was like, oh, fine. You know, paper is good for the environment. Oh, no. Three paces away from the checkout. The arse fell out of it, yeah. Well, when you fill a paper bag with 64 cans of caviar, (laughs) it's very heavy. It was all the bottles of Chateau Neuf de Pape 81 that fell through the bottom of the bag. Yeah, a little bit damp on the bottom and made the thing go soggy. (laughs) God damn it. Did you complain about the fact there was no one there to sweep it up for you as well? (laughs) I say, do you (laughs) realise? Yeah, I wish you hadn't said that now. Anyway... (laughs) Right, so back on to... So, did we wrap rapeseed up? Yeah. We did. We'll kill rapeseed. Wheat. Yeah. Right, UK is tight. Yes, it's a smaller crop than everyone first thought. It is eight months from next harvest. Yeah. And to actually say, right, I know a certain number of tonnes unpriced in my store with my store members, which we're running for them or they're running themselves, and I'm aware of a few tonnes here and there on farm. We have sold a lot of our tonnage in the 200s. We're so happy it got up in there. We don't want to miss the boat, and so we've made that decision. It is very difficult when a market ramps up three or four or five pounds a day to end up making that decision. And Mm. I guess when it's ramping down six, seven, eight pounds a day is when it becomes, oops, I wish I'd done it, and then you go in a freeze. I've got a view that um, historically, if there's a market that's very bullish after harvest, you get to the last week of November, and then it tends to get sold off a bit. There's a large fund involvement in this market, and they have got their Christmas bonuses to consider. You know, they're going to be getting how many million pounds for sitting on their little... fat (laughs) and so you know the market's going to go down because the funds are going to take their profits lock into it and say right give me my bonus boss so that involvement what happens in January do they reappear and buy it again that's the question is that influence going to be enough to keep it down well yeah that will be the thing will the funds go actually there's more appetite here to step in and go just coming back on the UK because the other interesting thing about UK wheat is obviously with the issues on milling wheat we're seeing millers looking to use more borderline wheats. Looking to? They ain't got any choice. Oh, I think I might have German. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, I'll have some French. My goodness, that costs a lot. Shall I go for Canadian? Oh, shall I use that X-Stase? All right, then. So is Emil using X-Stase as class one already. The rest of them will probably come round to that in time. It's tight. Milling wheat is very tight. Yeah, and the next thing on the hit list could be some of these spring wheats that have ergot in, but then it will be cleaning it up. Yeah, kachis. Yeah, and all that stuff, which is fine yeah. and really good that we're going to use it internally in the UK. But yeah, that is going to add to the... The feed wheat conundrum. And then it's going to add to the farmer's confusion, I would like to get a premium. And it's like, oh, really? You know, let's lose a customer by trying to get him a premium into a flour mill. And all the pleasures I've run on about in the past about that one, I would say the millers are being more tolerant and accepting than ever before. Which will add to the recent podcast mention of intake points having to behave themselves. You know, we've got a famous intake place that um, we've moaned about. This week, this is a shop, the lorry drivers going in there were offered cups of coffee by the intake team. It's like, whoa, how about that? That's a start. Well, how do you make an intake point gain points having been the worst place in the country to go? One, you have to retrain the intake staff to not be like, you know, the gas room guards. They can't make up stuff and pretend they're not responsible. They've got to be nice to people. And they've got to try and get people through quickly. Leaving a lorry on your site for four hours isn't fair. It's completely unreasonable. 
I think there's a bit of a revolution happening in that sector and the only way you make people recognise that your intake point is becoming more user-friendly is a gradual process of rumour via lorry driver. So if you give mm. them cups of coffee and uh, maybe a chocolate and more importantly you get them across the intake to the pit and out as quick as possible, that will make haulers go, I'll go there again because I can get an extra load in and I need yeah. to do that. It sounds very... Um non-PC but an attractive Weybridge student always helps oh. okay Ian. <laughs> yeah, right. you know how woke we are and how I upset knew, we are with that, by that comment you could feel something coming but there <laughs> yeah. we go is that an attractive male <laughs> and female Ian and when Izzy was working on the Weybridge oh. here Izzy being the missus drivers kept bringing her in box of chocolates yeah what did you bring her in Ian I seem to remember you helping her with the samples a lot yeah a few times <laughs> spent the odd moment walking yeah. out to the lab seeing what was happening yeah Check yeah. things out, yeah, and then go, let's get married. She actually didn't look that great on the way, Rizzo. She had this look of, she used to wear the Elsham <laughs> Grain polo shirt and a set of dungarees. Wasn't it best look? Izzy, if you do listen to this, I remember the calendar best of all, particularly the pyramid of you and your mates in hockey gear all kneeling for, uh, for charities. Very nice of you. Yeah. There you go. Was that the thing that swung you over at Ian? No, I think that was after. That was after Ooh. the first season, I think. Oh, okay. Second season. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. I think the thing that swung Ian over was the fact that she said, yes, I will, <laughs> after his years of rejection. <laughs> Let's move on. Sorry about that, everybody. Right. Wheat. In my view, there probably is enough wheat, but it's going to be very tight by the time you get through to July. Well, um, so we should, as a kind of a trading community, have a good idea about the supply side around the world. I mean, the Aussie crop's the one to come in now, isn't it? And, yeah. and then it's about South American corn and kind of crop conditions and the new. But demand, what about demand? It, look, it's price competitiveness. UK wheat mm. is cheap. Mm. We are cheap. We are competitive for export, not yeah. far off where we are now. Sorry, my so, point being is, yes, I, I understand the competitive side of things moving around the world, but what about the global demand of... You know, these are staggeringly high prices against a feed ration. You know, it was a thing I read about Danish pigs four or five weeks ago. I mean, it was loss-making. Now you've seen cereals go up 40, 50 quid. There's lots of pain being had in, in lots of places. Surely consumption's got to start coming considerably lower. Well, the world is used to consuming more and more and more. So I would suggest, I mean, there was a massive slump in pig prices in China. That's going to have a bigger influence. But consumption is still occurring at yeah, the same yeah. rate. Well, and I was going to say, that's the one thing we haven't, but is China. Yeah. They have been unbelievably quiet on the world market. Yeah. You know, they haven't bought as much US stuff as they were supposed to. Is that to. political? Are they pretending <clears throat> they don't need it? Have they got stocks? And we know they had some issues with their harvest. Yeah, we know that. But we also know, as you said, Andrew, their pork price is on the floor. That's still not recovered. Mm. They have been releasing strategic stocks of pork and wheat. Yeah, so I think it's a combination of the Chinese trying to be political and also just trying to stay out of the market a bit. Do you know what? The more we have this conversation, the more I'm feeling, let's just sell everything. <laughs> let's just uh, phone everybody up who hasn't got it says, well, then we're going to do it. We're not going to play anymore. It seems too early to do that. Yeah. But what exactly were or are we waiting for? Are we expecting the price of wheat to go to £300 a tonne? Milling wheat? Pff, maybe. It's only 20 quid away in the case of that farmer who sold it for me. Feed wheat? UK feed wheat, 68 kilo weight, not too pretty. 
few pounds kilo weight allowances, mm. selling it for 230 or 225. Bearing in mind, this is another thing. East Anglia is in surplus as ever, yeah. but the north of the country are paying a lot more money. And there was an example, he said, spoke to Choco the other day, and he said, I had a consumer on Wednesday trying to buy a thousand tons of wheat for December. And he put a price out there, really aggressive price, eight pounds over the futures or whatever it was, into the home. And there wasn't any wheat available. No one could get the wheels. It, no, so I can't do it, mate. Market starts to cack out and have a bit of a kicking. By five o'clock, it traded a thousand tons and had several other thousand tons offered over. So wheat is there, is his argument. It's just people are taking advantage of a rising market. Two hundred thirty-six is nine pounds lower than two hundred forty-five. But it's an outrageous price. <clears throat> yeah, it's still phenomenal. You know. It's difficult. You don't want to get it wrong and everyone to judge you as being an idiot grain trader telling people to sell grain for a price that is £40 wrong, which is where we're sitting with everything we've traded so far. In absolute reality, 236 on the May futures only on Monday was a fantasy. Mm. And here we are on Friday thinking we're £9 wrong. What I'm saying is, it's very early in the season to hang your hat and say, right, we're going to sell everything. We're ditching the whole lot. That's it. We're <coughs> finished. Yeah. But there's a little part of me, the shit or bus trader aspect to me, that goes, let's go to next week's bourse and say, yeah, we sold everything and more last week. Okay. And, no, you just scepticism. It always worries me when you get in this mood, Andrew. Yeah, well, every now and again I'm right, aren't I? <laughs> and every now and again I'm wrong. When does the new crop start to take over as being the bigger story than old? It could do. But February, March. With nitrogen stories, you know, is the nitrogen issue going to sort itself no, out? No, have my yeah, doubts. no, they're going to pay £700 a tonne for it, and they'll still make a profit at £200 a tonne for feed wheat. But will it all be available, even at £700 a tonne? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the American companies and whether they're prepared to screw everybody. I mean, OK, I think it will be available. These companies want to sell nitrogen. It's how they make their money. Yeah. Gas, oil prices are coming down. I'm pretty sure gas prices will be coming down as well. So, you know... And let's be blunt, America and Russia, their farmers can access nitrogen, no problem. Will they use the full amount of nitrogen they would in previous years? No, they will drop it a bit, but it won't make that much of an impact on yield. If the price is still up there, a lot will depend on where the price is at the point that they are applying the nitrogen as to how much they put on. I saw something the other day, someone passed me some numbers, saying the difference between a 200 kilos of N produce a 10-ton crop, 150 produce an 8-ton crop. So there was almost a percent for percent difference drop in yield okay in which cases that boils down to maths doesn't it i would assume if i was a farmer i would have worked out the optimum amount of fertilizer to yeah. use and have a percentage given the proportion of ground costs is for the nitrogen you might as well feed it as much as you possibly can doesn't it really yeah. as i understand it put the whole lot on because yeah. you're getting a yield response which gives you more money and it boils down to money you know sod the planet let's get more yield that old one with that in mind in the future, let's take the logic on it. You sit and look at markets and you look at the £700 a tonne for... Is the price for nitrogen going to be £700 a tonne for 2023 harvest? Do people do the budgeting on their production on the basis of that sort of price? And the ag chem's going up and the diesel prices... Apparently there's farmers in Newcastle blocking roads because the diesel price is too much for them, according to yeah. Farmers Weekly. Great. So they're still making a profit, by the way, but let's just block the roads. That'll teach everybody... <clears throat> how poor we are <laughs> so with that in mind 2023 harvest let's make the assumption that fertilizer is 700 pounds a ton agrochemicals gone up diesel's gone up therefore the cost of production is going to be 170 pounds a ton or more yep. you know it's not yep. going to go down it's going to go up the current value traded on the futures this week while the market was at its high was 180 for nov 23 round figures 
right? There's 10 quid in that, and there's all the risk of the weather doing something weird. Who in their right minds is going to sell that? No, now, no. You, you have the land agent saying, look, it'll just definite profit, you can guarantee you're doing it. Absolutely very grown up, yeah. But you don't know the cost of production, and the probability of the supply of nitrogen could be, you know, undermined by some sort of <clears> war or some sort of, yeah. you know, civil strife. And the fact that freight is may well ease a bit, but it ain't going to come down anywhere near what it used to be because the world can't afford yeah. to do it. Is, therefore, the real thinkers going to say, which is going to stay flat long we're not going to sell anything forward why should i i think that's more likely where we're heading unless the price is something to really tempt a farmer to do it and anyone who kind of has some brain dead rep going out there saying well you ought to do a bit who doesn't do any thinking at all other than you know or oh, i'll be able to play golf this afternoon the farmers in the hands of idiots still you know information i would say 2023 at the moment probably is definitely don't let someone talk you into selling it unless it gets yeah. a two in front of it Agree, yeah. And then maybe, and with that in mind, 2022 has got two in front of it. And we do know the cost of nitrogen already. And therefore, probably of all the things they should be selling, that one has so much risk attached to the weather. Half a hiccup in next spring. That's when new crop will start to be the driver and not the passenger. Because you've got to get through the winter. And in the winter, the winter just does what it does. It's going to be a gale tonight, some Welsh name. And then Arwen. What's that? What's Arwen the equivalent in proper English? What's that, Arwen? Arwen. What is that? That's the name of the storm. Oh, that we're having now? No, tomorrow. Okay. Is it Owen, do you think? No, Arwen. Don't know. Come on, Arwen. Do you think we've got any Welsh listeners? This should spike somebody and go, yes, but never again. Borida. Yeah, so the weather dynamic for next year, with the weather being much, much, much more extreme, without Mm. a doubt this storm coming through is bigger than normal. Global warming... Is 204x for November? Probably a bit less than that now. Say 202x for November next year for feed wheat. And malting barley going to be in that region delivered for harvest mint for winters, sort of 200. And it's going to be in the region of, I don't know, spring barley's 220 for the really good distilling grades. Is that a sell? Yeah, it is. It is a sell, in my view, but... Yeah, I mean, a proportion's a sell. Yeah, yeah, not the whole lot, but the weather, regardless, could be, if you got the hiccup, you know... Yeah, yeah, global stocks are tight at the minute. And La Nina is the thing. We're now going to come on to the La Nina effect. It is wet in Australia in their summer, so there they are, harvesting flat stuff. Wonder about harvesting submerged stuff, some of the pictures I've seen. What does it do to the States? I think you get a wet Oz, and then you get dry South America and parts of the States. Yeah. And then it switches, then when it gets into our spring, it then gets rainfall across the corn. So you can quite often get a very good US corn crop because it gets ample rainfall in the US. Yeah. Which is what we've just had. We had a mild La Nina last year, which gave us that really good bean and corn crop. In which case, then, maybe a new crop with a corn crop being bigger in the States, we should be considering encouraging people to do some selling on new crops. We haven't really pressed about it. just depends yet, in the short term what it does to the South American corn crop. Because we've seen years where it smashed corn. It smashed Brazilian corn last year, I think, didn't it? I hope this conversation is kind of reaching people to realise that making a decision to trade is based as profitability which is a very grown-up and sensible thing to do and new crop is actually a sell in that sense if you've done nothing probably you ought to press the button it isn't a guaranteed up 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 market there's a whole host of issues we're trying to discuss that are trying to give you a taste for it could do this it could do that and it really no one knows the answer to that the political little 
bomb that could be thrown in the middle of it, pardon the pun, is that could smash prices, I think, downwards, not upwards. I think yeah. it's more likely to disrupt world trade and keep surpluses where they exist and make people who are short of it have to pay more money, but they can't get their hands on it. So we're talking about an impossible market to read and a profit in your book. So I think we could go on and on and round and round and round in circles on this, but I think ultimately the UK has planted a crop in good conditions, not the spring barley yet, obviously, but it's in good nick, and that is a very good start towards good yield, especially in the case of wheat, and there's a bigger wheat acreage. We called it, we had someone teasing us about Alan Partridge country, fine, 16.5 million yeah. I think it's a massive planting, huge. Yeah, I think I don't think it's going to be far wrong, yeah. and I think the probability of a good yield is, is a greater yeah. chance of it. So in other words, if we had to make a trading decision on the basis of this conversation, which is as real as it gets in our little office about the facts and figures, some of the bigger companies have much more information about what's going on in this world. There's still a dilemma about what if they're wrong, what if something changes. In the end, my view is I'm very tempted to smack into old crop wheat. I probably won't. <coughs> I'll probably say, no, I think it's too tight to necessarily do all of it. But new crop, I'm going to press a button with a few people, I think. And uh, nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make it beer time now? Yeah, let's do that. Good idea. What have we got, Ben? We have got a Japanese lager that I think most people know, Asahi which is very dry, but very nice. Okay. Right. So, here we go. Yeah. It's very pale. Yeah. Purely in the interests of the podcast, I tried to achieve a dry November, which oh, yes. I have had a 95% success rate with. But <laughs> what drove you back to the drink, Andrew? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, Ian's questioning. Do you want to flake with that, Ian? I've got to mention in the last week, the Chubbuck Challenge results came out and the winner is not me for a change. Neville Chubbuck is back to being the champion. His expected yields were greater, but we were measuring the 19 harvest, not the 21. We've got that result to come in the spring. Anyway, let's get back. Good? Bad? Cheers, yeah. <clears throat> no, I like it. I've always liked this. It's very drinkable. It's been in the fridge. That's rather nice, actually. Yeah, it's definitely a, a sort of a go-to one. Can you read Japanese, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... But I think next week we're probably going to start on some more Christmassy beers, aren't we? Hopefully. Well, next week, it's Fridays are difficult. We have to record it pre-Friday because it's the bourse. So when you hear this Monday, doing grain are coming down in force because we're really looking forward to seeing everybody. Time to puff our chests out, pretend we've done everything right and never made a loss in our entire lives and we're the best things in sliced bread. That's what everybody used to do at market. So I'm assuming these young WhatsApp trading, we don't speak to anybody types, are capable of conversation in a bar and taking their beer. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have be, to WhatsApp them while we'll be there. giving some of these youngsters a bit of a test on that one. So um, I'm looking forward to that, you boys. I think we're a good day out. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, Should we prepare to be on the last train back home? Bring the roving mic down with us? No, I'll probably lose it. Yeah, we'll lose <laughs> it. I've got a feeling I know how it's going to end. It yeah. Will be, yeah. <laughs> we're much more grown up now. And obviously with the pandemic, we'll be wearing a mask all day long. But we're looking forward to the grain trade being at the bourse. If you haven't booked your ticket already, get your ass over there. Come on. It's a time we all looked each other in the eye and like, I don't know, commiserated, laughed, bought each other beer. Nobody yeah. goes outside and punches anyone and just have a really good, you know, mm. moan, whinge and laugh. I think it'll be well attended. I hope it will be. Yeah. I hope you lot get over there. It'll be good to see you all. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. 
Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.